This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Sunday. We have a fantastic guest here tonight to tell us all about the Iranian protests going on for, I think going in the fourth week, might be going on the fifth week now. Since the death of a young lady in custody, I'm going to try to billboard the show here real fast so we can go ahead and get to our special guest, Mitra Olivi. I think I said her name correctly. I'm going to verify that here in just a second. Go ahead. I'm going to give you the meme of the day. What are we talking about here tonight? Uh, I've got video of the moment Iran State TV was hacked by protesters. I think that's super cool. We're going to get an update on a Russian attack on the city of Zafarisa and the bombing of a bridge in Ukraine over the weekend. The final January 6th hearing has been set for this week. Uh, it doesn't look like we're going to get an Arizona gubernatorial debate, unfortunately. I know I had that one on the list of debates that we were going to watch this week. We're going to take a look at the swing state polls. A Senate candidate in Iowa has had allegations of inappropriate conduct against him. The Democratic candidate that thought he might be able to take out Senator Chuck Grassley. Fortunately, that doesn't look like it's going to be a thing. His campaign is sinking Nancy Pelosi showed up at a concert over the weekend and apparently got booed. Unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about Kanye West on Tucker Carlson last week. Because I know Warlord's going to want to watch that. All that and more. Oh, Warlord's not going to be here for that. He's going to go watch the Dragon Show. My apologies. But the first thing we're going to do is I want to play this video from Al Jazeera. Get an update on what is going on in Iran currently. I think I've ever covered a more difficult story in my 20 years as a journalist. The first reaction was complete and utter shock and disbelief that this would happen in 2022. And what transpired afterwards was just a whirlwind of emotion, not just for me, but for many women that I spoke to in Tehran. Ordinary women that I was meeting and talking to, they start crying and telling me that they don't know what else to do but cry out of anger. That was the first reaction most of the women I knew had to her death. I'm Dorsa Jabari, correspondent for Al Jazeera. And between us, all women in Iran feel like could be like Mahsa. Mahsa Amini was a 22-year-old girl who was visiting the capital, Tehran, with her family. And on September 13th, she was exiting a metro station in the center of the city with her brother at the time. She was confronted by the so-called morality police for being allegedly dressed inappropriately. So she was taken to a police station for what the authorities called so-called re-education of why the hijab is mandatory in Iran. Usually these re-education classes last about one hour, but that was not the case for Mahsa. The authorities said that she had suffered a heart attack and she was taken to a hospital nearby where she was in a coma and then she had another heart attack and died. Her family are saying a very different story, that she had suffered abuse at the hands of the police when she was in their custody. 
The protests really started about 48 hours after she was pronounced dead. I think one of the reasons that we've seen such a reaction from women inside Iran as well as outside is because this issue of mandatory hijab has always been a hot topic. There is a tremendous amount of anger from women because we all have been through this experience of what it's like in Iran when you're leaving your home. You could be stopped at any time, anywhere in the city. Yes, ACAB means they're cops too. The morality police who might deem you to be dressed inappropriately. Basically, we all feel that any of us could be Massa. There was a connection we all had to Massa that was felt quite deeply across Iran. The morality police are in charge of enforcing the mandatory hijab, that is the rule in Iran. As soon as you arrive in the country, whether you're a local or a foreigner, Muslim or another religion, it doesn't matter. You are required to be dressed a certain way. Different parts of Tehran, at least, are more strict about the hijab. The more official places you go to, like government offices, they're more inclined to abide by the mandatory hijab. But I think this latest incident highlights the fact that no matter where you are or who you are, you're always at risk of a confrontation with the morality police. This particular case and what's happened to Massa and the issue of the mandatory hijab, the protests haven't been isolated to her hometown or the capital. We've seen over a dozen cities where people have come out to protest. And although they, the numbers are fairly small, but even those small numbers are significant because we know that they risk being arrested and detained for just coming out and protesting. That is the reason that we've seen a number of crackdowns taking place these demonstrations have illustrated that there is a desire, there's a social interest in expanding women's rights in the country. The women that we've seen burning their hijab, women that we're seeing cutting off their hair in reaction to what has taken place with Massa and the restrictions around their daily lives. There is a need for dialogue to revisit the issue of women's rights in Iran, certainly now more than ever. I'm of the opinion that there doesn't need to be another white man speaking on this topic. So I would like to bring in my guest now, Iranian-American writer-director Mitra Alevi. Did I say it correctly that time? Hold on one second. I've got you muted. Mitra. Yes, that's correct. It is a pleasure to have you on. How are you this evening? Thanks, Justin. I'm doing pretty well. Pretty well. So we watched that little piece that kind of summarized, summarized what was going on in Iran. Do you have anything that you would like to add to that about conditions on the ground currently? I mean, what has been unique about these protests, and you're correct as it's entering its fourth week, this pretty much uh, Masa Hamini died in the hospital on the 16th of September, and within 48 hours, the first protests were starting. Um, there have been protests before, often in reaction to mistreatment of women or um, in the case of the Green Movement, in reaction to uh, a, what they considered a stolen election. Um, but they've kind of gone away pretty quickly. And what's unique about this is it is not going away. In many ways, it's reminiscent of the uh, protest of the revolution in 1979, which was also driven by young people, driven by college students and universities. 
And that's what's happening now. This uh, is unique in that these protests are driven by women. It is unique in that it's being uh, driven by the Gen Z generation in Iran. They are very young. They're in high school. They're in college. And these are primarily the the men and women who are also suffering and being killed on the streets because of their activism. So now a little background about you. You're a dual citizen. Yes. And how much time, how much time have you spent in Iran? I started traveling there, I guess, when I was around two years old. And for a, a huge chunk of my life, I was going every year, like summer breaks or Christmas breaks. Um, as I got into my career, it became a little harder to do. The last time I was there was in 2018. I had planned on going in 2020, but the pandemic sort of halted uh, halted that plan. And uh, unfortunately, since this has happened, and I've been very vocal on my social media and going to protests here in Los Angeles, I, I may not be able to go back. Um, uh, unfortunately, even though I'm not like a celebrity or famous or anything, uh, being vocal and critical of the government is a risk. The regime is incredibly hardline. Now, are you worried about your family that is in Iran? I I am. Um, as far as I know, everyone's okay. Um, but I, I, I become concerned about how my actions could reflect on them. I really do. Okay, what it do is asking what's going on in Iran. Uh, basically, uh, a, a was she a college student? Uh, Masa Amini? Am I saying her I name correctly? I believe she was. Masa Amini. Uh, she was a Kurdish-Iranian woman. She was in Tehran, which is the capital city, for vacation, summer vacation with her, her brother um, and maybe other members of her family. And while she was in the street, she was stopped by uh, these people who are called morality police or revolutionary guard. Their sole purpose is to basically police the way women dress and the way they act in public. So besides just mandatory hijab, not showing your hair and wearing loose-fitting clothes, you are women are also not allowed to sing in public. They're not allowed to dance. Um, if they see young people being too boisterous, they'll often like tell them to like tone it down. If they think they see women and men who are not related, like boyfriend girlfriend, for example, in public, um, you know, you'll get you could get arrested for that or taken to a, a re-education center for that. Um, it's very strict and the strictness has changed. It's often dependent on who's the president at the time. The morality police was formed, uh, I believe, only as soon as 2004, 2009. They were formally created under the pres presidency of Ahmadinejad. And if you have like a more moderate president, they tend to like be less. Um, but under the current president, they have become much more active. She is not the first woman to be beaten in police custody. She is not, and I don't believe she's the first woman to die. Um, they have put out that she had a heart attack, but it's not just her family. Witnesses who saw her being arrested, people who were with her in detention, oh, said they saw her get hit in the head by these morality 
police, and she was uh, bruised and beaten around her face and head. Now, when we talk about morality police, that's not what, like, the U.S. knows of as, like, Sharia law. This is specific to whatever Iranian regime it is, correct? Yes. Now, uh, they are supposed to be upholding their version of Sharia law, and it is... You know, you kind of have to separate what is Islam and what is just people being assholes, essentially, like corrupt government who want to control people, especially control women. There is nothing that Islam that makes hijab mandatory. It is an option. Like there is, of course, old school talk about dressing modestly and, and kind of blah, blah, blah. Like I'm sure there is in most most religions, right? Mm -hmm. There are all these guidances for try to ha live a good life and honor God, honor your parents, stuff like that. But there is nothing inherent. And, and I'm not an expert on the Quran. So like, don't come at me, guys. But there is nothing inherent about oppressing women in this way. What has happened as what's happened, you know, in the the old days of Christianity, or even the current days in some cases, um, is people using religion and religious beliefs as an excuse to control people and control women. So it it's not about the hijab being good or bad. It's about it being mandatory. It's about forcing the way women look. It's about not allowing them to make certain decisions about their medical care without the permission of a male spouse or male family member. Um, it's They're not allowed to be president. Largely, there is no protection of freedom of speech in Iran at all, which is why they have for a long time gotten away with imprisoning their political opposition journalists, um, exiling their artists and filmmakers and writers. And people are fed up with it. And I think this generation specifically is the first generation to have internet from the time they were born. And they don't quite have the generational trauma that my generation had because our parents remembered the revolution. They remembered the Iran-Iraq war. And I think you know, we're, we're afraid. They didn't want to get into it again. Like they suffered huge losses. They suffered a devastating war. But now this generation is like, we know what the wider world looks like. We have nothing to lose. They're also highly educated because uh, the main populace is very young because they had a population boom not too long ago. 60% of college students are female. So they're becoming highly educated and they're tired of being told what they can and cannot do. So I don't want to ask you to predict the future because I mean, clearly that's impossible, but do you, do you see cracks in the regime? Do you think reform is coming? Especially like we've heard a lot of talk about the Iran deal here in the U S over the last few weeks. That's, that's something we've covered here on this show. So do you think the internal pressure might cause the regime to adopt reforms? Is it possible a, a full overthrow of the regime? I don't think the regime as it currently stands can reform. 
because they are they are not built for that. They have uh, long. The reason people have complained about elections is because they have banned political opposition and people who are speaking too much about progress. I have hope that this could lead to change. I have hope that international pressure could lead to change. And when I say international pressure, I'm not talking about war. War does not work. It didn't work in Iraq. It hasn't worked in Afghanistan, which is now facing the same things that Iranian women are facing as all the promises they made to their women. It's clearly bullshit. They're putting them back in a hijab, making them cover up, taking them out of schools. Um, I don't know what the mechanism is. Canada, a couple days ago on Friday, declared um, the Revolutionary Guard a terrorist group. They have put sanctions against the Revolutionary Guard and hopefully their families. Because a lot of these people are powerful and they send their children outside of the country. They send them to freer countries in Europe and Canada and the U.S., so not allowing them to do that would be a great step for every European country. For the U.S., Canada has has taken that step, or at least that step to a degree. Um, that would be super helpful. But, you know, Iran's really close to Russia. And, you know, we put sanctions on Russia and Putin was like, I'll give a fuck. You know what? Sorry, I'm cursing a lot. <laughs> oh, go for it. This show is all about fucking cussing. We do a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, so, so the hard thing, it's hard to know what the future will hold, even though I have hope. But you're dealing with a group of people who are corrupt and they honestly don't care about their own people. They are beating them in the streets. They are shooting them. They are disappearing people. They are snatching people off the streets, not telling their families where they are, and delivering their bodies back. They they just don't care. So it's like, and, and people don't have the means of fighting back. So, and that repr- that repression has gotten worse since like the Arab Spring, yes. hasn't it? I don't know specifically the Arab Spring, but definitely with this current president, it has gotten worse. It was it got worse with Ahmadinejad. It was kind of like blah with the next president. And now with this one, you know, the fact that Iran has allowed to stay on like the UN organization for women, the fact that um, Rossi was allowed to speak at the UN when this was going on is atrocious. And um. I know the nuclear deal is very complicated. When it first happened, I was kind of hopeful. But honestly, now I'm like, you shouldn't negotiate with these these people. Like, don't negotiate with terrorists. What are we talking about? I but on on the other hand, like like you you kind of win more people over with honey. But once it's it's a theocratic regime. People in the U.S. might not know that. Uh, you talk about the president, but who's really in charge is the mullah or uh, the, the ayatollah. Ayatollah, yes. yes I, the, the mullah was uh, the old, old regime. Yes. I'm sorry. Supreme, I, I screwed up my history. Okay. I apologize. The, the ayatollah uh, supreme leader who, um, you know, there are rumors going around that he's very ill health. He is like quite old. So, um, 
you know, that could be interesting. It's kind of a fucked up thing when you think about it because they overthrew the Shah, um, who was also a dictator in his own right. Also, you know, bad to political political prisoners and and such. And he actually banned the wearing of hijab, which in a majority Muslim country is like messed up. Like you can't ban people from wearing it either because that's that's not the point. And, and the Shah, um, the Shah was the like CIA backed. Uh, he he was backed by the U.S. and Britain. Um, there, uh, so that ruling party, the Pahlavis, it was uh, two generations, I believe, and the first one, I believe, they overthrew the Qajar princes, and that was when kind of the U.S. and Britain came in. Um, not a historian, so you know, don't at me. But overthrowing him was also about overthrowing foreign power that was taking natural resources from Iran and his people. There was still a lot of corruption. A lot of money was leaving the country that belonged to the country, and that is kind of that is what created the huge tension between the U.S. and Iran and the. Cry of the Islamic Republic, you know, was like very down with America, down with Britain, and trying to take any Westernization out of the country, which is part of part of the Sharia law as well, like banning the the sale and the drinking of alcohol. Um, in many ways, trying to regress, but you can't slow down progression, right? That's not a thing. You can't stop technology. So it's it's very complicated for a lot of people. Um, but this regime has had, obviously, a horrible track record with women, horrible track record with the LGBTQ community, a horrible track record with minorities, ethnic minorities and religious minorities. Um as I said, a horrible track record with their intellectuals, with their journalists, with their writers, with their artists. And it's really unfortunate because uh, Iranian culture and Persian culture is so rich. And we gave so much to the world historically before uh, the Islamic takeover. Um, and even like the Arabs and Muslims gave a lot in terms of math, geometry and such. And Persians gave with their poetry and their science um, and bathing. Uh, (laughs) The Europeans came late to the party on that one. Sorry to say. Uh, (laughs) Would you, would you like to get into that? That that sounds like a fun topic. You know, it's funny every now and then I listen to a lot of podcasts um, and every now and then there'll be something about history and some Middle Eastern person will have visited somewhere in Europe back in the day. And almost always they have a comment about like, we don't understand why people don't bathe. Like they haven't figured it out. I don't know why. (laughs) Europeans are nasty. (laughs) I, my, my former co-host always used to call the Europeans greasy. Said all of them. Yeah. All of them are greasy. That's that's so stereotypical. We don't need to be doing that. They were great. Look, we figured out indoor plumbing first, so unfortunately. So, <laughs> Mitra, you have been awesome. Can okay? I dropped the links you gave me in the chat. Is there anywhere else you want to direct people? How they can help out uh, with the cause? Donate uh, in any way. 
So the biggest issue is amplification because the government has uh, continued to try to shut down the internet in Iran. So hashtagging woman life freedom, woman singular life freedom, that is the big slogan for these protests, hashtagging Iran protests, hashtagging Masa Amini, resharing uh, what you see on some of the places I posted, like Middle East Matters, Middle East Matters info, and a, a few of the other uh, links. Super, super important. So just letting them feel seen. There is a pro uh, petition with Amnesty um, to protect protesters. Um, I believe I also sent you a link, which is for buying billboards around the U.S. to to amplify the voices as well. Because another problem has been that mainstream news sources have not been covering what a big deal this is. And if you want to go to a protest, um, Middle East Matters info has been pro has been posting protests. There have been several in the U.S. and around the world. I was uh, very happy to see most major cities had protests this weekend. That made me very happy. Is it hashtag woman life freedom or is it hashtag woman, hashtag life, hashtag freedom? All one word, hashtag woman life freedom. Awesome. And also another hashtag is be their voice. Absolutely. Mitra, thank you so much for being here and enlightening us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was Bye, a pleasure. everybody. Have a great night. Bye. Awesome interview. Do check out those links. One more uh, Iran story I want to get into. We have video of the moment. State TV was actually hacked by protesters. This is super cool. Video of Iranian state TV. Protesters took it over. Briefly interrupted by an apparent hack. It is an image of Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khamenei surrounded by flames next to a picture of 22-year-old Masa Amini. Put a target on his head. Now, ladies and gentlemen and non-binary peeps, that is what I call kicking authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. <laughs> Love that shit. Get an update on what is going on over in Ukraine. I know a bridge blew up. I don't know, I don't know which side of the line it was on. But apparently Russia's retaliated. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky warned there will be repercussions after Russia's deadly missile attack on civilians. Overnight, at least a dozen people were killed and several apartment buildings destroyed in the southeastern city of Zaporizhia. Zelensky's comments come on the same day Russian President Vladimir Putin called a truck bomb attack on the one bridge linking Russia to Crimea a terrorist act. CBS's Charlie Daggett is in Ukraine with the latest. 
Civilians in Zaporizhia once again found themselves the target of Russian military firepower overnight. Missiles rained down on residential neighborhoods as families slept, obliterating homes and causing an apartment block to collapse, spreading terror, death and destruction. When the attack came, 10-year-old Bodan Pavlenko's mother took him under her arm. I heard the air raid sirens, he said, and some people next to me screaming. The city in the southeast has been on the receiving end of Russia's wrath in recent days. More than 60 civilians have been killed in and around Zaporizhia in the past nine days. Yesterday's strike came on the same night that an explosion tore through the only bridge linking Crimea to the Russian mainland. Moscow blamed a massive truck bomb, calling it a terrorist attack. A psychological assault on a hated symbol of Russia's illegal land grab. Kyiv hasn't officially claimed responsibility, but President Zelensky alluded to it in last night's address. Over most of our country... He ain't mad about it, is what they're saying. Unfortunately, it was cloudy in Crimea, but still warm. Ukrainian forces have continued to recapture territory in the east and south on the battlefield. Whether the spike in attacks on civilian areas are retaliation, targeted, or random, doesn't matter for the victims of the onslaught. And breaking tonight, President Vladimir Putin said Russian intelligence has accused Ukrainian special services of carrying out the attack on the Crimean Bridge. In Jerika, tomorrow he holds an emergency Security Council meeting in Moscow to determine Russia's response. I don't understand why Russia would attack that bridge. When I first entered Emerson... Damn you, autoplay on CBS. Let's bring it back over to domestic news. The final January 6th hearing has been scheduled for this week. We will be carrying it live. House January 6th committee announces possible final hearing scheduled for October 13th. The House January 6th committee on Thursday announced it will hold what might be its final hearing next Thursday, October 13th will take place at 1 p.m. The committee postponed its September 29th session due to Hurricane Ian, a Category 4 storm that made landfall in Florida the day before the hearing was set to take place. It's been more than two months since the panel investigating the U.S. Capitol attack last held a public hearing after airing eight televised sessions from June to July to reveal the findings of their probe. In those hearings, lawmakers described what they called a sophisticated seven-part plan by former President Donald Trump and his supporters to try to overturn his 2020 election loss to Joe Biden. Are we back? Oh, I didn't I didn't realize we were gone. Oh, also, good evening everyone. I'm sorry if I haven't uh, shouted you out, Warlord Sky Comet. Sassy RB, love all of you. There's more of you in here. Simp, Lenny, Phoebe. What it do? Timonian, Timonian.
Yeah, just uh, just reset. You should be good to go. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to make me wait too long. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the rest of the shit we're gonna cover tonight. We're gonna laugh at Showtime's Lincoln Project documentary. Uh, we're gonna make fun of Fox News for for getting all upset about Scooby Doo. Kanye is gonna tell us about why he's pro life. We're gonna hear from Dana Lausch about why it's okay to bang skanks. I think I think that's what she's talking about. I haven't watched the video yet. Katie Hobbs, the... The Katie Hobbs? Carrie Lake, Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs, the Arizona gubernatorial, Democratic gubernatorial candidate, isn't going to debate Carrie Lake, apparently. Wild shit's going on over there. Uh, The Democratic... Senate nominee in Iowa has been accused of kissing a campaign staffer without her permission, which is a total no-no. That is that is that is not properly living in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy. Sexual anarchy requires consent. Proper sexual anarchy uh, requires consent, aftercare. You, you gotta, you gotta read the rules, guys. I'm really off my game. In case you guys can't tell, I've been still recovering from being sick, really tired from streaming all the goddamn time and working all the goddamn time when I'm not streaming. So my apologies. Someone even messaged me last night after I got off and was like, "You, you sound. Uh, I don't even. I don't even remember what she, how she described it. I can't take a week vacation. We're, we're <laughs> we got debates all this month. Uh, but I, apparently the Lake Hobbs debate will not be taking place. But tomorrow night we've got Tim Ryan." The Democratic nominee for Senate in Ohio taking on J.D. Vance, the Republican nominee, as an open seat. It will be a pickup if Democrats can win it. J.D. Vance is a uniquely bad candidate, and Tim Ryan is a is a decent uh, shit-lib candidate. Uh, I think that one might be happening before our usual time. We might be coming on an hour early tomorrow. Watch the J.D. Vance, Tim Ryan. The Times reporting that uh, the former president was determined. I didn't press play on you. I didn't press play on you. So we might be we might be coming back on, or we might be coming on early. Apparently, the 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 Twitch dropped out there for a second. Um, my apologies, guys. So one of these people that's on. Uh, MSNBC here is going to say something really stupid, I think. 
I think that's why I selected this story. Let's find out. It was this morning. And to show that he had been wronged by the FBI investigation into his 2016 campaign ties uh, to Russia. Enough for the shit. That one up, and considered handing over boxes of records that he'd taken from the White House. Luke was referencing to that. And that would be in exchange for the sensitive documents he thought would prove his theory that the FBI's investigation was all a hoax. Again, NBC News hasn't independently confirmed this and is in fact reaching out to the former president's legal team for comment on it. But what do you make of the Trump team even considering these negotiating tactics? So, you know, and I understand we have to look at everything from a legal perspective because that's what's prosec- prosecutable. I mean, I'm going to give RB a heart attack to think about the fact that I am certain and this is just my hypothesis that Trump either made copies of some of this digital copies, hard copies, whatever, and perhaps sold it uh, to other you know, organizations, other countries kind of as a tit for tat. So, yes, negotiations you know, fine. Uh, I am, I'm not for those necessarily, but there is sort of this overarching theme of really we have debased uh, the credibility of our intelligence services overseas and compromised a lot of assets because of what Trump has done with these documents. And I, I personally think that if we investigate this more and find out really what he has done, that's what's most important to me. What has he done with these documents? I really think that if he, he they do a deal with him now, um, his repercussions for that are going to be significantly lower um, than what they would be if we do a full investigation hmm. into this. Listen, and I, those are very powerful statements you've made, and I just want to reiterate that is a hypothesis by you and you alone. I get it. It is not one that is exclusive to you. We have heard that before. But Tracy... Just wanted to be like, I don't, I don't think it's all that far-fetched that he would sell documents. I don't think it's far-fetched at all. Do we have... Do we have indication? I mean, the the Justice Department is criminally investigating him, so... I mean, he must have been wanting to do something with him. Talk about the Proud Boys. The Oath Keeper is currently on trial for sedition. One of them has played guilty. We're going to see if the rest of them flip in the coming weeks. Proud Boys up for sedition. Proud Boys founder is scrambling to salvage a bitterly divided group after new revelations. Ooh. (laughs) According to a report from the Daily Beast, the founder of the Proud Boys, who has been keeping his distance from the right-wing group, headed to Las Vegas weeks ago for a meetup of members and attempted to put down a civil war in the organization that is reportedly coming apart at the seams. This is coming after revelations that one key leader was an FBI informant with Gavin McInnes later describing it as the weirdest experience of my life. The report by Will Sumner states the group is still bitterly divided into two camps, the Nationals and Standard. Yeah, some of them... Some of them uh, think they're not racist. Some of them think they're just standard Proud Boys. With McKinnis himself noting on his radio show, both sides say that the other side is racist and tolerates pedophiles. My God. What's up, Merkin? Summer wrote, The split between the Proud Boys factions dates back to the post-January 6th revelations that Enrique Tarrio, the group's chairman, worked as a federal informant on cases that predated the Proud Boys' existence. 
Furio's home chapter in South Florida split into two rival chapters, dubbed Villain City and Vice City, and clashed online over Tario's reputation. Elsewhere in the country, furious members who felt Tario had betrayed the club or led them into disaster at the Capitol dubbed him Federique. <laughs> and several chapters announced that they would no longer recognize the authority of the national level, level leaders like Torrio. Right-wingers are morons. Apparently, the Arizona governor won't debate. Or the candidate for Arizona governor. I had the debate is scheduled for October 12th, which would have been what, Wednesday? Yes. The Lake Hobbs debate I thought was going to take place on Wednesday. Apparently it is not. Unfortunately, these this time it's the Democrat that's backing out. It's usually the Republican, but the Democrat says she's backing out because the Republican is just too batshit crazy. Arizona's Democratic gubernatorial candidate is steadfast against a debate. The race is between Carrie Lake, who has denied the results of the 2020 election, and Katie Hobbs, who was Secretary of State at the time. Katie Hobbs, the Democratic nominee in Arizona's tight race for governor, maintained Sunday that she won't debate her Trump-backed Republican opponent. I have no desire of the spectacle that she's looking to create, Hobbs said on CBS's Face the Nation. She described her campaign schedule as pretty much set, adding that it, she's happy with where they are. The race between Lake, who is... Den- and, like, we were going to watch that. So think about how high-profile that is if me over here sitting in Tennessee was going to watch that. I, I think that's a bad move on the Democrats' part. Hobbs, what is wrong with you? The race between Lake, who has denied the results of the 2020 election, and Hobbs, who was Arizona's Secretary of State at the time, is being closely watched as a referendum on the staying power of former President Donald Trump's baseless claims that the election was stolen from him. In her own interview on Sunday, um, Face the Nation, let's let's hear. She's she's crazy. I want to hear what she got to say. Let's hear from the crazy woman. Now to the race for governor of Arizona. Our latest poll shows Democrat Katie Hobbs and Republican... Joey, what's up, my friend? ...at 49%. The two candidates have not scheduled a debate, but they are here to answer our questions. Each candidate will have about eight and a half minutes. We intend to cover the... Oh, well, here we go. ...with each candidate. Issues identified by our own polling as of leading concern to Arizona voters. Our ability to cover this ground, of course, will be influenced in no small measure. Well, impromptu debate-like setting. Here we go. Who joins us from Phoenix. Good morning and welcome to Face the Nation. Good morning, Major. Thank you so much for having me on. Just to clarify, I have agreed to any and all debates and I will be taking part in one without my opponent 
uh, next week on the 12th. I would love it if she would show up because I think there's a lot of important issues that the people of Arizona need to hear about. We will get to that, I promise. Your website is detailed. Yeah, that's what I said, the 12th. That's what I thought it was. Border security. You call, if elected as governor, for Arizona to join other states to form what you call a compact to carry out border security separate from the federal government, including arrest and detention. For the benefit of Arizona voters, can you explain the legal and practical application of this approach? Well, of course, if you know the Constitution, you know that Article 4, Section 4 calls for the federal government to protect us from invasion. And under Joe Biden's lack of leadership, we just aren't seeing that. And we have an invasion at our border. The cartels, these narco-terrorist groups have operational control, and they're using Arizona to smuggle people, to traffic children and to traffic them clinically insane what is up my friend thank you for being a freaking follower article one section 10 uh, basically authority to take care of our own border and protect our own border it's right there in black and white in the constitution and we meet all three criteria we have an invasion our people are in imminent danger and time is of the essence there's no time for delay so we're going to have other states offer help. I've already got a couple other governors who are willing to help out. And I know that if you ask people in other states that are not border states, they do de- have you here for the border as one of the top issues facing our country. Would Arizona There's so many young people dying of fentanyl poisoning right now? Would Arizona go it alone if it didn't get this compact? If you're new here, I am Justin Freakin. We do a nightly news rundown. I can sum up my political leanings with one phrase. I would give anything to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy, sir. That's my that's my political philosophy in a nutshell. There you go. Packed agreement with other states? Yes. Hojo Potatoes. Welcome. Thank you for being a freaking follower. Uh, they're vowing to help us out wherever they can because they realize that what comes into Arizona, fentanyl, people coming here illegally, children being trafficked, doesn't if, stay. If your name comes from Final Fantasy, States. hell yeah. And I just spoke last week to a mother and father who lost their son, and it's just tragic. We're losing more people to fentanyl in Arizona since Joe Biden took office than we lost in 9-11 or during COVID. If, as there would likely be, federal... Sounds kinky. I'm into it. Would you, as governor, await for those federal challenges to the state compact to be resolved? And would you respect them if they were to any way impinge... I, I, I think I might like you. You sound like you live in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? My kind of people. Oh, oh, for anybody that might be new here, you know, content warning upon or restrict or nullify the state compact approach we will we'll challenge the federal government if they're going to challenge us I, I think we have the right to do this and we will have attorneys file lawsuits as well but we're not going to back down he wants to kick authority in the balls he's kicking authority in the balls drugs watch or children die we had a 16 year old die here in the metro area last week from a fentanyl overdose we can't keep having this happen we're losing our young generation so I hope that Joe how many Biden 9-11s was COVID really look like he's on the side of the cartels. And I don't think he wants to have that many fingers. Your website also says that uh, Washington, D.C. and it was more than five illegal immigration to satisfy, quote, big business lust for cheap labor. Does that big business lust reside in Arizona at all? Well, hey, comrade Kerry, what's up with Nancy Pelosi last week? I mean, it was the most racist thing i think i've heard her say although she said quite a few things that are offensive she said these people coming in illegally should go pick fruit in the south 
I mean, I couldn't believe my ears, Major, when I heard that. We want to make sure that our middle class and our working class are healthy. The Democrats Fuck Nancy Pelosi. And now they appear that they don't. They want to see 5 million people come in. These 5 million people, where are they staying? They're not staying on the streets. It's American citizens who are homeless. And yeah, for a while, we were having a 9-11 a day, Arizona, weren't we, with COVID? So we're going to start putting Arizona first and protecting our citizens in this state. Nominee Lake, our polling shows that abortion is a very important issue to Arizona vo- voters. You have been quoted as saying Arizona will be a state where we will not be taking the lives of our unborn anymore. You've also more recently been quoted as saying that in Arizona, abortion should be rare and legal. Are those statements consistent? Rare and legal? I, I was in an interview when I said that, and I was, I was telling the interviewer that when abortion was first presented, they said it should be, it should be rare, safe, and legal. And now it's no, that was Bill Clinton in the 90s. In Katie Hobbs' world, and you can ask her about this, I understand she's coming up next. It is not when abortion abortion was presented. If you are in the hospital in labor, the abortionists are for... Every single one of them have said that. Blake Masters and Todd Budd, Ted Budd, or whatever his name was. The law. Ron Johnson, the law every right debate we've watched, they've all said abortion right up until the, the time of birth. Would you stick to a strict abortions be, be beyond, closer I, than 15 weeks? Sure. I am I'm a woman. I'm a mother. I'm all for women's health care. I come from a large family, seven sisters I have. Of course I want women's health care. This has moved beyond health care. We're not giving women choices. I'm for giving women true choices and when they walk into an abortion center they're only given one choice they're Wait, not what? Told that you have the choice to keep your baby and we can help and here's how or we can help you find a loving family who will adopt your baby i want to give women also, the lighting choices. is not doing her any I favors hold the law whatever that law is and i want to see to it that we save more lives right now the democrats have started pushing so far from that rare but safe to anything goes up to nine months of pregnancy after birth katie hobbs my opponent actually after birth and you look at her voting record allowing a baby who survives an abortion they that the hospital would refuse medical care and allow the baby to die on a cold metal tray we will take that she up with katie hobbs i guess the hell is she talking week, about nominee lake a 64 year old iowa man was arrested and charged for threatening to lynch Maricopa County Supervisor Clint Hickman. In reaction, Hickman said, people in positions of influence and leadership in Arizona are silent. How can you be silent? Do you have a reply for Mr. Hickman? And would you stand up for Hickman? Federal and state prosecution of anyone who threatens the lives of an election worker. I think that anyone who threatens anyone's lives should be uh, detained and, and questioned. I'm not for violence in any way. And I should remind you that, you know, during COVID, when a lot of Americans were faced with uh, not being able to use their free speech to speak out against what was happening, they were losing their jobs, they were losing their businesses, they were being forced to get shots that they didn't want. People were being bullied and, and attacked and also threatened during that time. I think we need to get back to where we have free speech and we shouldn't be threatening people. And I hope that they arrest that man and detain him. Earlier this week, Blake Masters, as you know, Republican nominee for the Senate, said he has not seen evidence of vote counting problems or election results that would have changed the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. He also said President Biden is the legitimate president. Do you agree? 
I think we have major problems in our election system, and, we, and it goes back to... No, she does not agree. ...saying the 2000 election wasn't fair. They were complaining the 2004 election wasn't fair. 2016, Kamala Harris spoke out... Ma'am, Al Gore won in 2000. ...were hacked in front of her eyes, and nobody called them election deniers. And now, all of a sudden, in 2020, Garrett, we don't have free speech anymore. We can't speak out against our own elections. All I'm asking for is Folks the lost by what six, seven million votes. We should be able to speak out against. Do you it. agree with I the statement major... that Blake Masters made? I, I'm not going to. She's on a hanging I'm going to take on what I said, and what I say is we have problems in our election. They haven't been solved in 2016. They weren't solved in 18. Just a month or two ago, during our primary election, and I'm sure your voter, your viewers don't even know this. Katie Hobbs' office advised the counties on how many ballots to print. This was right. two months ago. And they underprinted ballots in our biggest county, mm-hmm. and they ran out of Republican-only ballots uh-huh. one hour into voting. Cut her we off, Major. restore honesty to our elections. In fairness, we must restore honesty. In fairness and in timing for both you and Katie Hobbs, we have to end it there. Thank you very much for being with us on Face the Nation. Face the Nation. We'll be back in just one So... I guess when we come back from the other side of the break, we're going to watch the the Katie Hobbs side of this Face the Nation because I'm just, I'm a glutton for punishment like that. But we've got so much more shit that we're going to talk about. Like, we're going to watch Fox bitch about Scooby-Doo. We're going to make fun of Showtime's Lincoln Project documentary. We're going to watch Nancy Pelosi get booed at a concert. We're also going to take a look at the, the polls and swing state Senate races and uh, Kanye West. Kanye West is going to talk to Tucker Carlson about pro-life, being pro-life. Dana Lausch. 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 He's going to tell us about skanks. Hojo potatoes. Uh, if you've not seen the, the Eyes of Tammy Faye, that's a fantastic movie. Do watch, do watch that movie. I enjoyed it. Of course, you're going to get your meme of the day when you when you come back. Also, a uh, fresh animal video. I do this. I get all the uh, the ads out of the way on Twitch. So, like, I play my ads. I go take a tinkle. I refill my drink. And I play three minutes of ads on Twitch. We get them out of the way. Then we come back, and we got nothing but content the way we do it around here. If you're subscribed, you get my ads. Yes, oh, there totally is. Hojo came out like two, three years ago, maybe. I don't know. I want to say like right before the pandemic time is when it, it dropped. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Apparently, Tammy Faye was like, uh, like a consultant on it or something. Which I think she's dead now. Or she wrote a book and it's based on the book or some shit like that. I may be wrong. She might not be dead. I don't, I don't know. I know, I know uh, James Baker is still going. He's, he's selling those buckets of uh, macaroni and cheese. Uh, Vic Burgers made many a uh, super cuts of, of him selling that cheese. All kinds of fun shit. All kinds of, and we're gonna we're gonna watch the Katie Hobbs response. 
to carry Lake because apparently we don't get a we don't get a debate between the two of them, which would have been cool. Also, I do I carry the debates. I'm debate central right here, bitches. Tomorrow night we're gonna be watching JD Vance and Tim Ryan, the Ohio Senate debate. That is an open seat and could be a pickup for Democrats. We were supposed to have the Lake Hobbs debate on Wednesday, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Tudor Dixon and Gretchen Whitmer on Thursday is a go, though. That is the Michigan gubernatorial debate. The incumbent Democrat, Gretchen Whitmer, who is very unpopular with the right wing. So unpopular, they, they had like a plot to kidnap her. Tudor Dixon is a far-right nut job supported by Trump, so that's going to be a fun debate. Also, on Thursday, we've got our second Ron Johnson-Mandela-Barnes Wisconsin Senate debate. I'm very much looking forward to that, but October 14th, that's Friday. This is the big one. This is the one everyone's been waiting for. I don't know. Oz Fetterman is pretty big. But this coming Friday, we have incumbent Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock debating the Republican nominee, Herschel Walker, who we probably shouldn't make fun of because he has some, some CTE going on, but damn, does he ever make it easy. That one is Friday, this coming Friday, the Georgia Senate debate between uh, incumbent Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. Joey, is Whitmer way ahead in the polls? Yeah, Warlord is leaving to go watch the... the Dragon Show, apparently. The seed is strong? What does that mean? Does that mean you live in sexual anarchy? You live in sexual anarchy? Oh no, Twitch Twitch is still telling me there's like a minute until I can hit the hit the ads. You know, so far the best the best numbers I've gotten on a debate has been Beto and Abbott. That's the best numbers I've gotten on a debate thus far. So we'll see everybody's gonna be doing uh Warnock and Walker. So, like, my numbers are probably not going to be up because of that. We'll see what happens. I'm looking I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's debate. Ryan and J.D. Vance in Ohio. So, that's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Because I think J.D. Vance is pretty stupid. Mandy, good evening. Oh, Major is staring into your soul, being a creep over here. Major Garrett, how are you going to be a creep like that? I don't know. Dropping dropping the stream on Twitch might have fucked up the commercial breaks. That might might be why uh, Twitch is acting weird. I do have to pee-pee, though, so we have to take a commercial break. 
It's t- it's telling me I can hit it in 48 seconds, but I believe it's it said that to me before. He's pointing right at you. He's pointing deep, deep in your soul. I'm trying. If it fucks up and you get hit with ads, I'm so sorry. I mean, if it fucks up and you get hit with ads other than here in 20 seconds when I'm supposed to hit it and give you ads. I'm still working on the YouTube thing. YouTube won't let me hit the ads. I don't know. I thought it would work the way Twitch does. It doesn't. So my my apologies to YouTube peeps. I'm still working on quality of life updates. Deep won't 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 let me hit the ads. Won't let me hit the ads. Alright, I'll be back in just a minute. It probably won't even be the full three minutes because Twitch won't let me hit it. And he's never gonna stop using freaking. He is never gonna stop you like like he's totally leaned into it. He stole my whole thing. He's, he's still doing it last night. I've got I've got more of them. I switch it up. I need I didn't realize. Okay, like I did that. Uh, I've got a Gwyneth Al- Paltrow because she's she stole my idea for pussy candles. So I got that ad I play and like it says like this year and that was like three years ago. I didn't think I didn't think to uh, to make it you know where it's evergreen where you like it, it like it doesn't fucking expire. I was like oh shit. She, she dropped pussy candles. I got a cat over here eating something. All right, this is the Arizona Democratic gubernatorial candidate. Uh, apparently, there's not going to be a debate on Wednesday like I thought there was going to be. So we heard from the Republican candidate uh, before the ad. Now we're going to hear from the Democratic candidate. This Katie is Katie Hobbs. She's the Democratic nominee for governor, and she's also in Phoenix this morning. Secretary Hobbs, good morning. Welcome to Face the Nation. So your opponent said you don't want to debate. I'd like to ask you, are there any conditions under which you would agree to debate Kerry Lake so the voters of Arizona could hear from the two of you side by side and in real time? Look, what I have been focused on is opportunities like this where they can see us back to back uh, and hear directly from us about the issues that are important to Arizonans and how we would govern uh, without a a circus like she created during the GOP Republican primary. I have no desire to be a part of of the spectacle that she's looking to create uh, because that doesn't do any service to the voters of Arizona to hear from us uh, where we stand on the issues and how we would govern. So sometimes voters learn things from moments of duress or challenge or circus. Don't you think you're strong enough to handle any kind of circus, Carrie? Lake might present if, in fact, she were to present one? Don't the voters of Arizona deserve to see that real? Uh, I think the voters of Arizona have had a chance to see how I uh, work under crisis uh, throughout my leadership during the 2020 election as Secretary of State when we had to uh, combat multiple election challenges from from former President Trump and his band of election deniers, including my opponent, Carrie Lake. So I want to ask you about immigration. We had a long conversation with Kerry Lake about that. Last night you tweeted, Arizona bears the brunt of the failures of U.S. Um, good evening. policies. Now, by our count, that is your second tweet in a month about immigration. 
Who specifically is responsible for this failure and why only now did you decide to share that sentiment with your Twitter followers? Oh, this is certainly not the first time that I've spoken out about immigration in this campaign. We are a border state and immigration is a, is a very important issue to Arizona board, voters. And as a border state, we have borne the brunt of decades of inaction in Washington from both parties to address both border security and comprehensive immigration reform. Uh, and uh, and we need the federal government to step up. But what I want to be not high enough for this shit. My opponent's positions on this issue um, are nothing but empty rhetoric. She's not offering real solutions. Uh, when she talked about invoking the constitutional authority of the state, she's talking about declaring an invasion at our southern border. That would do absolutely nothing to increase border security, but it would bring untold levels of chaos into our state. Uh, it's not a real solution. I have a border security plan that's been endorsed by two border sheriffs. Uh, because they know that it's going to focus real solutions and bring meaningful relief and help them make their communities safer. I should As pack another bone. Were Arizonans safer under immigration policies of the present administration or the one just before it? Look, we've had a, a pretty bad immigration policy. A weird for question. Decades. Uh, we need to get comprehensive immigration reform done. And it's both parties in Congress have been dragging their feet to, to get this done. But when you say there is a failure of current immigration policy, that's a Biden administration failure, is it not, by definition? Look, uh, Trump centered his whole immigration policy around finishing the wall, and it's not done. And um, but Biden does need to step up immigration and border security. Absolutely. Uh, Arizona is bearing the brunt of of um, illegal drug trafficking, gun trafficking and smuggling. Uh, and we do need more border security. Uh, it's not going to get done by declaring an invasion at the border or dismantling the FBI, which is another thing that my opponent has called for. On the question of abortion, your opponent described you as something of an extremist. Those are her words, not ours. Do you support the current 15-week yeah. ban? Up in until Arizona, the moment of birth. Would you seek a different approach? And is there a week limit different than 15 weeks you are in favor of? And if so, why? Uh, I, I don't support the 15-week the ban. But let me just say that Carrie Lake is, is entirely uh, misconstruing my position on this issue. Uh, you and I both know that late-term abortion is extremely rare. So Katie Hobbs' picture on this show is a lot more flattering than, than Carrie Lake's was. Just because somebody decided they want one. Uh, that is ridiculous. Carrie Lake looked evil and like the, the, the lighting was like making her forehead shine. It was weird. Uh, she's gone on the record saying she supports uh, Arizona's uh, complete abortion ban that, w that is... Uh, in the courts right now being decided if that will be the law of Arizona or not. She's called it a great law. She's called people who seek abortion murderers and executioners. Uh, and, um, and under a Carrie Lake administration, we would have government mandated forced births that risk women's lives. Uh, and, and her position is the one that ex that's extreme. It's out of touch where with where the majority of Arizonans are who support access to safe and legal abortion. Uh, and under her administration, uh, women would not be safe. What would the Hobbs administration's week limit be for abortion access? If it's not 15 weeks, what is it? 
Look, abortion is a very personal decision that belongs between a woman and her doctor. The government and politicians don't belong in that decision. We need yes, to this let is for Governor Simp. Welcome, my friend. That they are trained and take an oath to to perform. So, if an Arizona voter were to conclude from your previous answer that you do not favor any specific weak limit on abortion, would they be correct? I support leaving the decision between a woman and her doctor and leaving politicians entirely out of it. Our polling also indicates that the economy is very important to Arizona voters. And on that issue, both the economy generally, inflation specifically, Mm -hmm. according to our data, you trail your opponent. What is your approach to inflation and the economy in Arizona? And why is yours superior to that of your opponent? Well, first, let me say I'm the only candidate in this race who is not a millionaire. Uh, My husband and I raised our kids through financial ups and downs. And I know the struggle that a lot of Arizonans are feeling right now. She's going to make it through the revolution. On the table, thinking about taking a second job uh, or not being able to pay the mortgage. Uh, And so we have a comprehensive plan to address the rising costs that Arizonans are facing right now uh, that will put money back in their pockets. We cut taxes on all kinds of everyday items like over-the-counter medication, school supplies, uh, diapers, feminine hygiene products. We provide a child, a state-level child tax credit and tax credits for um, people who want to go back to work in higher paying jobs to get career and technical education. Economists have looked at my affordability plan uh, next to Carrie Lake's plan, and they said that my plan uh, does put people back to work and and, uh, help them fight inflation, uh, and that Carrie Lake's plan actually will make inflation worse. Do you identify yourself with the Biden economic administration, economic plans and inflation fighting plans? And if so, would you invite the president to campaign along your side in Arizona? Uh, I'm focused on the race here in Arizona and the needs of Arizonans. It's a race between myself and Carrie Lake and uh, and the, the ideas that we're bringing to the table. And one, one more time before we let you go, because I think it is on the mind of Arizona voters. Are you saying this morning that there is no circumstance that you can envision or would even try to negotiate in which you and Carrie Lake would appear at a debate together before the election? At this point in the race, with 30 days to go, uh, our schedule in terms of, of forums uh, is pretty much set. And and I'm really happy with where we are in uh, the plans we have to continue talking directly to the voters of Arizona. Katie, I think it's a bad move, but maybe, maybe her people have looked at her and said that she doesn't perform well in debates. Katie Hobbs is going to steamroll her, so let's just keep her away. Maybe maybe her people have made that calculation. I, my, as a communications person, I would want as high profile an appearance of Carrie Lake to let her hang herself and look as dumb as she possibly can. Because she will, she will. But I also don't have all the information. That was the Arizona gubernatorial candidates. We were supposed to get a debate on October 12th. Apparently, that's not going to happen. But on October 13th, I believe that's Thursday, we're going to get the Tudor Dixon-Gretchen Whitmore debate in Michigan. The Michigan governor's uh, race. And we're going to get a second Mandela-Barnes-Ron Johnson debate. 
in the Wisconsin Senate race. And then Friday, it is Raphael Warnock debating Herschel Walker in the Georgia Senate race. And that one's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that. Let's talk about the polls and some of the swing state Senate races since we're on the topic. Battle for Senate majority remains a nail-biter. The 50-50 Senate is still finally balanced a month out from the election. The latest survey shows I'm still predicting the Democrats pick up two or three seats in the Senate. I'm that confident. The battle to control the 50-50 Senate is at a stalemate, at least according to the polls. With 30 days to go until Election Day, polling averages suggest Democrats and Republicans are each poised to win 50 Senate seats. <laughs> each party currently has the lead in just one seat currently held by the opposition. The Republican is slightly ahead in Nevada, while the Democrat has the lead in Pennsylvania. And the polling averages in Politico's four toss-up races remain tied, including in Georgia, where there's only been a single one-day survey conducted since the allegations that GOP nominee Herschel Walker paid for his then-girlfriend's abortion in, 20, in 2009. This is the first weekly check-in on the latest polling in 10 key Senate races this fall. So right now in Arizona, they have Kelly... Uh, Democrat Mark Kelly up 4.1 points in Colorado. Michael Bennett up eight. I mean, that that's, that's a pretty safe seat. Florida, they have Marco Rubio up by four. We do have a, a Demings-Rubio debate that we're going to be watching on October 18th. We're also going to be doing this, uh, this Bennett race. Uh, Michael Bennett and Joe O'Day. Uh, Bennett in a comfortable lead, up 8.3 points. Uh, their debate is on October 19th. So Demings Rubio on October 18th. Bennett O'Day. We're going to be watching that one on October 19th. In Georgia. They've got Warnock up 3.8 points. That's that's a shame that Warnock isn't up more than that. He is such a good candidate. I can't imagine they lose this seat. Nevada. They have Laxalt up 2.1. We heard Adam Laxalt speak last night at the Trump rally we watched. Up 2.1 points on incumbent Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. Nevada is a weird state, though. It usually shows Republicans up and then the Democrats blow it out. It's weird. It's a very weird state. New Hampshire. Uh, Maggie Hassan, uh, the Democratic incumbent, taking on Don Bullduck. Uh, do I have a date for that one? That one's the one that's still up in the air. Let me see if they have announced if they are going to have a debate. Apparently, Bulldog is gaining. Apparently, Hassan does not want to debate Bulldog. 
As of right now, it's not looking like we're going to get a debate between them. I hate that. North Carolina, this is the debate we watched on Friday. Ted Budd is up 1.5 points on Democratic uh, nominee Sherry Beasley. Uh, she was a little rough at the beginning of the debate, but I think she she got her bearings about her and did well throughout the rest of it. Uh, Bud was a pretty uh, a polished candidate, especially uh, watching the Ron Johnson debate afterwards. In Ohio, Ohio has Vance up 1.2 points right now. Ugh. I thought Ryan still had a slight edge. Of course, that is the debate we're going to be watching tomorrow. So polling could swing after the debate. In Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz. Fetterman is up 4.3 points. That is the lowest I've seen it. He has had a lead of anywhere between 8 and 12 points. That debate is coming at us like October 25th. That one's that one's deep in the deep in the uh, schedule here. Yes, October twenty fifth, we get Doctor Oz versus John. Fe- or, uh, yeah, John Fetterman, and in Wisconsin, Ron Johnson versus Mandela Barnes. We got another debate between the two of them coming up this week. Ron Johnson up three points. Mandela Barnes was a hell of a candidate. He did so well in the debate. Supposedly we got two more. I know for sure we got one more. Uh, as as of when I looked it up, the third one was still up in the air. But we've got at least one more debate between these two. It's coming up this week. Possibly a third debate. So we'll see. Mandela Barnes already won statewide office. He is the current lieutenant governor. And he's a very likable dude. Uh, I'm I'm guessing someone who's not very likable is this Iowa Democratic nominee for Senate, Mike Franken. Uh, he allegedly tried to kiss a campaign staffer. So his campaign currently sinking under allegations that he assaulted a campaign staffer. This evening, the former Mike Franken campaign staffer who accused him of trying to kiss her is speaking out. As we first told you last month, the police report was filed earlier in Des Moines with the Democratic U.S. Senate candidate's name redacted. The accuser, Kimberly Strop Bogus, was quoted in an article in Politico published today. She said in part, quote, Michael Franken kissed me without my consent. It happened, and now, again, without my consent, I'm being mentioned by both sides as though I'm a disposable pawn in the political machine. Franken's campaign has denied that claim. Des Moines police. What up, Dustin? Unfounded. I'm so sorry she's having to be put through this. Yes, that's a wild story. I put that on the list as we were coming on. Let's do that. You might have seen it pop up there. Lee Zeldin. The New York representative says two people were shot in front of his home. New York congressman and Republican candidate for Governor Lee Zeldin says his family is safe after two strangers were shot outside of his Long Island home on Sunday. Zeldin said in a statement that he does not know the identities of the two people who were shot. 
but that they were found under his porch and in the bushes in front of his home. Here, let me get out in front of this and release a statement about the dead people found on my property. Kind of sus if you ask me. <coughs> Zeldin planned to hold a news conference outside his home Sunday to address the shooting. The Suffolk County Police Department issued a brief statement saying it was investigating the shooting, which appeared to have no connection to Zeldin's family. Fair enough. But also wouldn't put a vast police to cover up for him. Just saying. I really don't trust the cops. So I guess Nancy Pelosi isn't the worst member of Congress. Or isn't having the worst day of any member of Congress. Apparently this happened a couple weeks ago. Nancy Pelosi goes to the... Glow Citizen Festival in New York. Global Citizen Festival. <laughs> I boo the shit out of her. Tell her to retire, please. I'm all for it. <laughs> boo the shit out of Nancy. I hate shit libs. I'm a, I'm a I'm a proponent of booing shit libs. Speaking of shit libs, want to be shit libs? The Lincoln Project. They've apparently got a new documentary out on Showtime. Don't watch it. Yeah, why is she interrupting the music? I don't know who was playing. Could have been the chain smokers, and it's better than listening to Nancy talk. Showtime's Lincoln Project doc, like like the Super Pack, is noisy but not all that effective. It felt like watching a reality TV show about a group of attention-seeking political consultants. Sounds about white. Showtime's five five part. Why would there need to be five part documentary about the Lincoln Project? Showtime's five-part docu-series about the Lincoln Project, the super PAC founded by multiple well-known Republican strategists and operatives with a shared contempt for Donald Trump, reminds me a lot of the organization's work in 2020, noisy but not necessarily all that effective in realizing its stated goals. This is an opinion piece in NBC News something or other. I understand the desire for a documentary on the organization because it checks off the boxes that would make the average viewer curious about its inner workings. There's scandal, egos, Trump, and money. It's not that the Lincoln Project founders shouldn't be proud of the house they built. It raised $90 million to fight against Trump. Not $90 million to self-aggrandize, more like it. Also, to its credit, the organization drew the ire of the former president repeatedly throughout the 2020 election with its ads. A couple of them were good. I'll give them props on that. But still, it's just self-masturbation. Which racked it. What other kind of masturbation? Well, I mean, somebody else could jack you off, I guess. Happened before. You live in sexual anarchy. Also, to its credit, the organization drew the ire. I already read that part. Which racked up a few hundred million views. Those videos comforted people angry and depressed about the area of politics. That's sad. But as we immediately learned from the first few minutes of episode one and throughout the series, which premiered on Friday, the founders were way too proud of themselves. 
Let's watch the trailer for it. TBS, don't pop me for the trailer, please. Trump plan will kill Project. <laughs> That's pretty good. Nobody to root for here, as producer Dave always says. What, go inside his nose? These are old school rhinos. We wanted to beat Trumpism. Just trying to peel off about four percent. I'm a political junkie, and I, even I don't want to watch this. It's shit water. People aren't going to tolerate any more of this. I, I am 100% the target audience for this. And Showtime, I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself on this one. Yeah, fuck Schmidt. He is a loser. Rick Wilson, also a loser. Joseph R. Biden is elected the 46th president of the United States. Did you see the article this morning? It's really I used to watch the circus that came on uh, Showtime, but I've 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 long abandoned that. Fuck those political consultant guppy motherfuckers. I started to get suspicious about where did the money go. More people have resigned. It's falling apart. Oh my god. I literally cannot talk about it. Can't even tell you why I can't talk about it. Like the one dude's now on Newsmax. He used to be on the circus. Why were we trying to cover it up if it didn't matter? I feel like I'd become a victim of what I was fighting against. I don't have any good answers. Except I kind of got into being a gunslinger. The old philosophy was just when. And we got there ugly. I freely admit it. Is making money out of an outrage machine? I like Newsroom. Nobody cares. I mean, you can say that's targeted as shit lib, but I like Newsroom. I like I like old Jeff Jeff Daniels. Is that the right Jeff? Right now, right now, we gotta tweet that up. And if you really believe this is a fight for democracy, I see a civil war coming. And if you believe it's an existential fight, you want a real you want a real good uh, political show is Veep. It's not really a political show. It's more it's a comedy show. It just happens to be set in politics. I think the politics is secondary to it. Beep is excellent. Was excellent. Wonder how the new Scooby-Doo movie is. I'll watch a Scooby-Doo movie. Maybe that's that's something to watch. Coming up here for spooky time. Apparently Fox isn't very happy about it. This is a HuffPost piece they did on Laura Ingram and her guests being outraged over Scooby-Doo. And I don't even know. I don't even know if it's the Velma part they're outraged over. What other beloved characters are they going to sexualize? Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Velma lives in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? And as promised, here are your Scooby Snacks. Aw, that's cute. I hadn't seen this. <laughs> Weird bestiality theories. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'm waiting for them to tell us that Scooby and Shaggy shared more than a Scooby snack Shaggy. in that, you know, mystery mobile. Yeah, shaggied up or shacked up. Wait, wait, wait. 
Yeah, their minds are the ones going there. What the hell? I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not touching that one. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> I also don't think Scooby's touching, or I don't think Shaggy's touching Scooby. I'm just going to leave that one alone. I'm going to move on. Let's go to... Let's go to Kanye. And I, I want to I preface this by saying I think Kanye is not well. I don't think it's, it's, it's fun to watch somebody. He is a rich asshole and nobody is, is going to tell him no. And he is spiraling out of control. And he, he's got nobody that's really there for him. I think even Justin Bieber broke up with him now. So he's got no friends. So he's he's reaching out to like Tucker Carlson. This is this is a a shameful spiral, and I hate to watch it happen. Are still on from it, and there's a photograph on it. What is that? It's a photograph of a baby's ultrasound. Why is that? And that you designed that? Yes. Why? What does that mean? Uh, it just represents life. I'm pro-life. Boy, so you wear it on a badge. What what kind of response do you get? And, and good, amen. I agree. I don't care about people. Did you say amen? About the fact that there's more pro-life. Boy, so you wear it on a badge. What what kind of response do you get? And, and good, amen. I agree. Amen. I don't care about people's responses. I care about the fact that there's more black babies being aborted than born in New York City at this point. That 50% of black death. That can't be true. In America is abortion. So I really don't care about people's responses. I perform for an audience of one, and that's God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm starting. Even Tucker laughed at it. America is abortion. So I really don't care about people's responses. I perform for an audience of one, and that's God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm starting to see why they want to make you be quiet. I he hasn't shut up in 20 years. He's been around since uh, 0304 prominently. When did Gold Digger come out? Motherfucker hasn't stopped talking. What 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 who's trying to shut Kanye up? <laughs> There can't be more black babies aborted than being... That can't be true. That can't be true. But I mean, I... Maybe Herschel Walker's, you know, working overtime out here, you know? I don't know. Dana Loesch says she don't care about the skanks. I mean, do you want my opinion? Are you listening? Not a damn thing. Talk about Herschel How Walker. Many times have I said four very important words? His abortions. These four words. Abortion is a virtue. What I'm about to say is in no means a contradiction or a compromise of a principle. And please keep in mind that I am concerned about one thing and one thing only at this point. So I don't care if Herschel Walker paid to abort endangered I why do I have the urge to say yes mommy yes <laughs> that's just baby eagles 
I want control of the Senate. <laughs> if the Daily Beast story is true, you're telling me Walker used his money to reportedly pay some skank for an abortion and Warnock wants to use all of our monies to pay a whole bunch of skanks for abortions. And yes, when they're used predominantly over 99% of birth control and it's my taxpayer dollars, you have invited me up in your business and I will use whatever Descript I would like to. Thank you. Seriously, that woman missed her calling if she if she's not out here like stepping on men's balls and shit. You live in sexual anarchy. He's absolutely made for it. <laughs> Does not care about the hypocrisy at all. I wish these people could feel embarrassment. They do not feel embarrassment. And she's doubled down on it. She is doubled down. We're going to read from the Daily Wire here. Apparently, The View had some shit to say about her, right? Oh, here we go, here we go. If the Daily Beast story is true, you're telling me Walker used his money to reportedly pay some skank for an abortion and Warnock wants to use all of our monies to pay a whole bunch of skanks for abortions. First of all, ma'am, there's a lot of women who find themselves in a position of having to have an abortion. How dare you call them skanks, first of all. Ruby's right there. Let her have it. And I believe the whole point is that Walker is saying, I believe that this is murder, I believe that, and has paid, supposedly, for women to have abortions. That's the point. If you're gonna, if we're gonna have these discussions, please stick to them. And not go off calling people names. Because I'm keeping calling you a name out of my mouth because it's not the right thing to do. Now, it just exposes the, the moral rot that's taking over my party. Like, I, listening to that, I can't, can't defend that for a second. There, I, in, as a pro-life woman, to hear someone else like Dana, who is pro-life, call women who get into situations where they need abortion skanks is just shameful. And I will not defend that. So apparently, Sonny Hostin also chimed in on the I just wonder, situation. what do Republicans stand for? You have Dana, who used to be the, I think, the spokesperson for, for the, the NRA. And so she's the spokesperson for the NRA. She's a spokesperson for freedom. She's a spokesperson for the AR-15. We should be allowed to, to kill life with that. Yet now also she's saying women that have abortions are skanks and that it's okay to have that abortion if your man is paying for it. What do the Republicans stand for? I mean, it just seems to me that there's a time when it was really easy to define conservative principles. You've mentioned them many times. Anna has mentioned them many times. Sarah has mentioned them many times. Limiting the size and reach of government, reducing taxes, strengthening national defense, and holding firm to traditional moral values. What the hell was that that we just saw? I mean completely mask off like i've known the republican party was like this for at least 20 years you want to hear what anna navarro said when women 
attack other women. So if he, uh, if she's calling the wo the woman who got the abortion, the woman he's the women he sleeps with, with which are many. Because he's Is got, he married? I thought he was uh, he's been married. He's been married. Okay, but here's, here's the point yeah. I'm making. So it's not an affair. Okay, if they are scared. If you could uh, perform abortions with guns, they'd be for it. By the way, there was a mass shooting today or last night in Florida. Just another day in mass shooting USA. Skanks, then what are you suggesting, ma'am? That we send the man who sleeps with skanks to the U.S. Senate because his judgment is also good? Are we letting him off scot-free? Just has a point. He's running for Senate, and we're going to put all the blame on the women, which is, I think, a very shameful thing to do for other women. Listen, this is the bottom line. This is not the Republican playbook. This is Machiavelli. Yeah. This is yeah. war. Yes. This is the art of war, and this is for the whole enchilada. Probably the race in, in Georgia could very well determine mm, who is in charge of the Senate, whether it's a Republican majority leader or whether it's a Democrat majority, majority leader. And that means setting the entire agenda. But what so, is the Let's go over uh, what Dana Loesch had to say back. She said, first of all, Whoopi Goldberg, I refuse to coddle or celebrate irresponsible women who use abortion as birth control. I'm right. So get over it. That you're angrier over that than murder speaks volumes about your character. I don't even know what that means. Oh, and Alyssa Farah, good to know you find an honest description of females who use abortion as birth control more heinous than actual murder. Thanks for showing you're willing to put lives on the chopping block if it means the left will validate you. That's what Dana Loosh, Donna Loosh, had to say back to Whoopi Goldberg. I don't think she makes any fucking sense whatsoever. I wish these people could feel embarrassment. Here's a video of some cats fighting. Yeah, I was I had I had some real bummers of some stories tonight, but since we were doing we were doing a ran and everything at the beginning. I stayed away from like we some cops tried to run over a family that had nothing to do with any kind of fucking crime they were looking for. I think we've got footage of it. We're gonna save that for tomorrow. I've got a couple of different cop stories that I'm not looking forward to talking about. Look at that little dude. Just cats being cats. Remember, tomorrow night we have the uh, J.D. Vance, Tim Ryan debate. I think it's 7 p.m. No, hold on. Okay, at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. So the debate is at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. We're going to come on like an hour and some change early to cover the Tim Ryan, J.D. Vance 
a debate tomorrow. That happens at 7 p.m. Eastern, so we'll come on about 6.45 or so. We'll do the debate, and then we'll do some news afterwards. If you are watching on Twitch... We are... You know where we're going? We're going to goat versus fish. Goat versus fish kind of night. If you're if you're wanting more political kind of content, come back for the Plex here in like an hour or so. If you've never been to Goat versus Fish, enjoy Goat versus Fish. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin. We'll see you tomorrow night. About an hour and some change early for the Tim Ryan, J.D. Vance Senate debate in for the Ohio Senate race. Peace out.